0: Hi folks, before we start this week's episode, I wanted to ask for your support for Design Museum Everywhere. Just like this podcast, so much of what Design Museum Everywhere puts out in the world is free and accessible to everyone. We're all about bringing design impact everywhere to everyone. Whether it's our virtual events, like our recent Design Museum Live on data visualization and COVID-19, or our We Design online exhibition featuring designers of color across every design field, or the hundreds of articles on design on our website, like one of my favorites, design thinking for rocket scientists. There's just so much design museum content to enjoy. It's all made possible by people like you, whose financial support drives our ability to bring the transformative power of design everywhere. If you enjoy this podcast, I hope you'll consider making a year-end gift to support us. Your donation is tax-deductible and means a lot to us. Visit and click on the link at the top of the page. And thanks, and now onto the show.
1: Hello, and
0: welcome to Design is Everywhere for November 19th, 2020. This is the weekly podcast on design impact from Design Museum Everywhere. And I'm your host, Sam Aquilano. I'm the founder and executive director of the Design Museum, and I'm so glad you're with us today. This week, we've partnered with Boss NOMA, the Boston chapter of the National Organization for Minority Architects. we partnered this week to feature a discussion on reimagining the architecture profession through a lens of equity and racial justice. If you've seen Design Museum's We Design online exhibition, you know the statistics. Of roughly 120,000 licensed architects in the United States, only 2% are black and only 02 or maybe 0.3% are black women. That's 0.3%. Why is this? How do we improve? And why do we need to improve? These are all questions we'll dive into today. I'm very excited to have Elise A. Young as our guest co-host today. Elise is an interior architect and designer at Gensler and an executive member of Boss Noma. And she's also featured in our We Design exhibition. And then Elise and I will be joined a bit later by Xavier Fernandez, a senior at Wentworth Institute of Technology studying architecture design with a concentration in urban design and planning. Xavier is part of the Wentworth NOMAS chapter. That's the Noma student chapter there. And he's our first student On the podcast so pretty excited about that as i've shared in the past i am a white cisgendered man i don't have the lived experience to be able to have insights on this topic my goal here and my mission is to create a safe space for these conversations and to bring them to you so don't be surprised if i lean back a bit during the interviews today i'm lucky that i have these two experts with me so can't wait to hear from them before we begin some upcoming events to share from the Design Museum. First, we've teamed up with Bostonoma for this episode and for a live podcast recording at ABX. That's the Architecture Boston Expo. This year, it's all virtual, And on december 3rd we'll be live recording the podcast in front of you all on zoom talking about race equity and accessibility and architecture and design you'll be able to ask questions too and be on the podcast yourself which is pretty cool so that's december 3rd and you'll have to register so visit our website for that and then we're just about two and a half weeks away from our workplace innovation summit have you gotten your tickets yet that's the big question with so many changes happening in how we work whether it's remote work or returning to the office or thinking about evolving our company cultures. The pandemic sort of threw everything for a loop but it's also created an opportunity to reset and create workspaces that work for everyone. So at the summit, we'll have experts talking about that through talks, interactive workshops, and we'll have chances to network uh, with attendees virtually, which I think will be a lot of fun. It's all happening online December 7th through 11th with summit elements happening at various times throughout the week. So you can pop in and out as your schedule allows. So you can learn more and get your tickets at workplaceinnovationsummit.org. Okay, let's get into it. As I mentioned at the top of the show, there is a significant lack of diversity in the fields of architecture and design. And we've discussed this a lot on recent episodes. It's a big problem. Designers and architects shape the world around us. And when the field isn't inclusive, the designs in our world aren't inclusive. And that can lead to inequities and racism that are actually baked into the physical design of our cities and communities. I think we all believe design is at its best when it includes a multitude of voices and lived experiences. If you're going to design a world for everyone, everyone should be involved. So architecture as a profession needs to change, or in the words of my friends at Bosnoma, it needs to be reimagined. So to reimagine architecture, I'm excited to welcome our guest co-host, Elise A Young, is currently an associate interior architect slash designer at Gensler. She also co-founded Mid Collective, a non-profit organization for minorities in interior design in Boston. Elise has a passion for creating spaces that speak to the human experience. And as I mentioned before, she's an executive member of BOSNOMA and we feature her in our We Design exhibition. Elise, welcome to the show. It's great to see you.
1: Thank you, Sam, for having me. Um, yeah, I'm super pleasure. excited to be here and also joining you guys again after the We Design exhibit. So this is great to just be talking about this topic that we both are so passionate about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, psyched to have you, and I'm really excited for this conversation. I love what you all are doing at Boss Noma. Before we get into that, I'd love to learn about your path into architecture. Can you tell us like your journey?
1: It started out very differently. Um, I actually wanted to be a multitude of different things. I think just being a creative when you're young and creative, that tends to happen. So I wanted to be an art teacher. I wanted to be an industrial designer, um, all of the above, because I realized that I wanted to do something that spoke to the human experience and and Mm. spoke to people and inherently I ended up uh, in architecture I guess my father my grandfather actually is an architect so it must have been in the bloodline if I tried (laughs) to deny it in the beginning (laughs) But, you know, I always say that I had a lot of great opportunities. I grew up in Dorchester. Um, I went to public schools and I had the opportunity to be a part of uh, the Stepping Stone Foundation. Mm. And for me, that was uh, really great because they took inner city kids uh, and prepped them for exam schools. So that was one of the first opportunities I had in, um, you know, exposing me to just a better school. And I actually ended up getting into Boston Latin Academy um, based on joining the Stepping Stone Foundation. And so did a few of my other uh, peers who went to the Holland School. That was the elementary school that I went to. And we went off to BLA. And there I met a really, really great uh, art teacher called Mr. Moy, who really pushed his students that he saw a passion that had a passion in the arts. Mm-hmm. And that was my first exposure to Mass Art because he would tour us around the city oh, at different art schools and... Um, It was amazing because, uh, you know, we talk a lot about exposure um, and diversifying the field, but it has to start with design. And I think that's what's great about what Design Museum does is it's the exposure to design. So before we can even start to talk about pipeline into architecture and urban planning, we need to expose our youth to design period and the arts and what it means to be a creative person because that is what's lacking. Yeah.
0: Oh, so so true.
1: it was a great opportunity um, to just open my eyes to the fact that there is a school that you can go to for art. That was like crazy to me. I know what um, a crazy idea. I was like, <laughs> what people are painting for college? Like I'm going to get a degree to do this. This is like crazy and awesome. And how can I do that? So I was super motivated after that. and And that kind of projected my journey.
0: Yeah, your your journey is amazing. Actually, I pulled a quote from your We Design uh, feature that I think this leads perfectly to. So you said, "Think about what you put out in the world and don't give up on what you're doing." Not seeing people that look like you in the field is even more reason why you should continue on. I love that. Can you talk about the importance of mentors in design and maybe share a bit about you know another mentor that you had along the way?
1: I've had different mentors along the way, probably at every pivotal point, I would say, in my like personal life and career. My real personal and first like mentor that kind of projected me into, you know, really honing in and realizing that I was good at what I was doing was a woman. Uh, Her name is Katie Flamia, and she had her own small interior architecture firm in Alston. Hmm. And, you know, she led a pretty diverse firm. She focused on residential and hospitality, but we were a diverse group. So me, I was a black woman. Uh, She had another woman Sasha she was uh, from Indian descent there was a white male we had and her herself Katie she is she's Asian so for me it was like this was my first job out of school and already like we're in this small firm boutique firm and it's pretty diverse so I was like this is amazing this is great (laughs) and then she closed her firm and we joined NBBJ they are a global firm but they were pretty new around this was like I want to say almost eight Years ago now, but mm-hmm. they were pretty new to Boston and starting their interiors. And I was fortunate enough that she saw something in me that she actually brought me with her nice. to start that journey. But that was where I, I realized, oh, this this is not as diverse as I thought. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was not anyone else black except for the some of the administrative people. And and you know, also that's also something to note is like when we do see other BIPOC. People in, in industries like this, they are in administ- administrative positions, and that's yeah. amazing that we have that. But it's also like an eye opener to How much more we need to diversify in all of the facets that exactly. make up an organization. Mm-hmm. So she was really great, and she's been a you know a stepping stone, and for me moving forward. And from there, I've met a lot of great people along the way. You know, there's always a point in your career where you you just don't know. You're always mm-hmm. learning, and you sometimes you just need some advice from those who've done it before. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I can't, I can think about it a million times when I was like, I'm lost. <laughs> yep. Help me. Yeah. And having mentors has been huge. Oh, thank you for that. So curious, just what ty- type of work are you doing now at Gensler?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I've been at Gensler now for almost three years. And I think anyone who Works at Gensler will tell you that 3 feels like 5 or 8. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a really great firm to be in because I think that um, once you join it's like right away you're you're in it, you're um, hit you hit the ground running mm-hmm. and I've learned so much in the 3 years that I've been there. My work is really focused on workplace design, which is a different type that I've I've done before, but I love workplace design and it's been a great Ride, you know, learning about the trends, um, mm-hmm. how we work. Um, and I think it's also really great to be a part of shaping an environment where we spend most of our time. Right. Well, now we spend most of our time at home.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think people are like realizing that they actually like the office for some things. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> and they miss it. We actually
1: do need to be in there, you know.
0: It's been so awesome to get to know you, the team at Boston Noma. And then a few weeks ago, we had Jason Pugh on yes. the pod, uh, the Noma National President. He was amazing. And all yes. these conversations have just been so fruitful. And the recurring theme, the architecture profession needs to be reimagined through you know, a lens of equity and inclusivity. So can you share a bit of like how... Noma, Boss Noma, but also just you as a thought yeah. leader. How do you think about that in terms of how do we kind of reimagine this field?
1: You know, uh, we've been talking a lot about that, um, I think, in our profession, but also a lot at Boss Noma. And when we talk about reimagining the profession, I think it speaks a little bit about reimagining design, I would say, and also our communities. What we thought we were doing before in terms of our built environment, it wasn't the right thing. And I think what we really need to do is get back into our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to educate our peers. We need to make sure that everyone has equal opportunity. And like I said, that starts with exposure. So I think we want to also think about the profession and what it means to be an architect. Yeah. What does that look like? It's not the same as it was before where you're you're just drafting up, you know, drawings and everything that we do has an effect on our community and our cities. And that is one uh, main key point that we at Boss Noma like to drive home is that, you know, it really starts with our our communities and our youth and, and understanding who we all are as a people in order to push that, to push it forward. Because if we're not going out in our communities and we're not understanding who we are, then how are we building? What are we designing for? It goes beyond a meeting that you have to let the community know that you're building this huge development on their block. And we're going to wipe out your supermarket that you've had for years. So it goes beyond that. And I think it speaks to really understanding and having a connection. If you've never stepped foot in a neighborhood, how are you going to understand the need? You know, so I think reimagining the profession and what we have to give to our communities as one. And then also when we start talking about the pipeline, I think we want to reimagine what architecture is to our youth. Mm. And we want them to see that, that it's not just being and our industry is is broad and vast. Uh, yeah. It's urban planning, city planning, it's strategy design. <laughs> yeah, it's research based, it's experience driven, there's experience design. There's so many ways that you can have a place within the architecture industry that can really start to impact our, our community, then our city and then you know our world.
0: Absolutely. I'm just even thinking about Gensler as one example of a firm, like y'all do branding, y'all do change management and strategy to your point. Yes. I mean, it is broad.
1: <laughs> it's it's very broad. And I will say that like having having worked there and having the opportunity to, you know, interface with branding, interface with strategists. Uh, we have a few people who are really interested in digital design. Mm-hmm. So the the research-based tools they come up with <laughs> are pretty like amazing. But I think, that's what it speaks to is really mm-hmm. reimagining what it means to one, be an architect or just be a part of the architecture field. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a licensed architect yeah, yeah. to have an impact on the built environment.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And gosh, I tell you, like the conversations with Bosnoma and get like I said, getting to know Jason, like I know a lot of Bosnoma people are going to be listening to this and I'm like, Thank you. Because you all it's been quite a year. There's Absolutely. a pandemic. There yep. is a complete that's you know. Maybe it's a way to characterize like a rebirth of the civil rights movement. Absolutely. And then, by the way, you all have day jobs. We do. <laughs> and so we you have all are jobs. working incredibly hard. When I hear a lot from people in power, I'll say firm owners, principals of architecture and design firms, particularly, through, you know, we were doing this We Design program. Oh, we don't know what to do. We don't have power. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, you do have power. So mm-hmm. I want to try to bring more people into this work because you all have a lot on your plate. So, what would be your message to those folks in the design world that are in leadership positions who have power and how can they help?
1: Yeah, and you know, at Boss Noma, we are finding that a lot, you know, we've had a lot of firms and individuals reach out to us because they want to do something. They want to help and it's an amazing time. We we welcome all the support. As you mentioned, like it's it's been a year for Boss Noma. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we started out meeting um, at the BSA. We met the last Tuesday of every month and in case anybody you know wants yeah. to come to a chapter meeting. And really, it was really great because I, I was able to meet a lot of uh, you know BIPOC designers and architects around Boston that I hadn't known before. So one, it's amazing to be able to connect with your yes. peers and also just do the community work that we all love doing. Um, and then, you know, 2020 um (laughs) hashtag 2020 and hashtag 2020 and the you know the the pandemic hit with COVID and then we're also in a racial pandemic right I will say it's been tough for us because you know everyone has been looking to boss Noma you know what can we do what can you can you tell us what to do (laughs) and we can't but what we can say is that we're here to sort of be a resource and to help guide, guide those that want to help support this effort and this cause. And it starts with the main, main point is being able to listen. And we tell all of our members that it is important that you listen. And that you educate yourself, but that you also come with an open mm-hmm. mind, and that you're ready to actually do the work, and that the work is going to take time. Yep. I think time is important to understand that this is a forever process. I like to say this all the time that this this isn't something that's going to change next right. month. This isn't a task that you complete. In 2021. Right? This is a journey. This is for the rest of our mm-hmm. lives, and once you. aware of that and you're ready to roll your your sleeves up and be open-minded and really, uh, I think, take a look at yourself, then you can really start to do the real work. So we're pretty excited at Boss Noma. We have all these new subcommittees who are full of super passionate people from all over Boston, different firms, um, and even just individuals that are really getting out into the city and thinking about how we can um, start to diversify our field uh, and make this this world uh, more just. I mean, obviously we're going to start with, we got to start yeah, with Boston and know. we got to start with our <laughs> profession, but you know, hopefully that affects the Absolutely. world. Absolutely. <laughs> it's
0: all connected. Yeah. And I, you're totally right. I think framing it that in that way is huge. Cause I do, I do think people are like, yeah, I'm going to make this like one change and it'll be done. And it's like, no, this is a, this is the rest of our no. lives and beyond.
1: And it's, it's individual, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think when it comes down to it, you know, principals, firm owners, leaders, I think they have a unique opportunity to lead their younger staff, yeah. to lead their firms through this journey. And it actually starts with them. We have noticed that in other firms, you know, younger Folks are uh, less apt to speak up, but when you have a leader that is willing to listen and lead with their hearts, I think um, especially in this moment, that's most yeah. important.
0: Thank you so much for being on, sharing your perspective. So great. Listeners, you can learn more about Elisa's work on her website, elisayoung.com. We'll post the link as well as uh, from her profile in our We Design exhibition. We'll post a link to that too. Elise, stay with us. Uh, We're gonna bring Xavier into the conversation in just a minute. Join us December 7th through 11th for our fifth annual Workplace Innovation Summit, an immersive five-day virtual event experience Mm -hmm. focused on the future of how and where we work. At the Workplace Innovation Summit, you'll learn directly from the experts and become an expert yourself by engaging in meaningful conversations to develop your during and post-COVID workplace strategy. Topics include augmenting existing spaces, wellness and workplace culture, equity in the workplace, collaborative technology, and more. You'll experience keynote presentations, interactive workshops, and virtual networking opportunities. Visit designmuseumeverywhere.org to learn more, Let's connect, reflect, reform, and shape what happens next in the workplace at the 2020 Workplace Innovation Summit. Attend virtually from anywhere in the world, December 7th through 11th. Get your tickets today at designmuseumeverywhere.org. We're back and we're joined by our special guest. Xavier Fernandez is a senior architecture student at Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston, Massachusetts. Xavier was born in Boston and raised in Randolph. He is the son of two Cape Verdean parents who immigrated to America at the ages of seven and 11. Xavier is part of the leadership team at the Wentworth NOMAS chapter, where he helps develop and execute events, lectures, campaigns aimed at bringing voices to the architects and students who are often overlooked. Xavier, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you guys doing? Doing great. It's so good to have you. Uh, I realized you are our first student guest. Wow. So that's pretty great. Pretty cool. Thank you. To kick things off in that same kind of vein. It's like I wonder, and I asked a similar question to Elise, but especially as you're a student, I'm curious how you learned about design and you know why you decided to pursue a career in architecture and design.
2: My dad's side of the family, like they're just a whole bunch of like creative people. So my aunt, she's been into fashion for a long time. My dad, he he likes to draw. So when he was younger, he used to draw and paint all the time. So I think naturally there might be just some type of artistic or creative gene but then like also like myself like i've always liked to draw i've always liked to play with things and build things and play in dirt but like make Mm -hmm. sure the consistency of the mud was able so like i could like craft it and shape it into like different like forms and stuff like that i my favorite things to play when i was younger was like you know these like little wooden building blocks and i remember like one time trying to build the eiffel tower You know, making a whole bunch of things with that and all these like different magnet pieces and making these like, you know, like, I didn't know the term for it then, but I know now of space frames and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and making Mm -hmm. buildings that like have a space frame structure without even like my knowledge. And then somehow I, I stumbled upon like engineering and architecture. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Paired with the fact that like, I also liked buildings and I liked studying and researching buildings. Mm. I, I don't remember when it was when someone had recommended architecture or engineering as a specific field or pathway. I think naturally I just gravitated towards that in planning as well, because I was always in love with cities and think about like trains and infrastructure and all that stuff like that. So I Hmm. thought of all of this as being like kind of one in the same.
0: Sounds like a great career for you. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. I question that all the
2: time. (laughs) Let's see.
1: (laughs) I'm also so pumped to have you here. I feel like it's always great when NOMA and NOMAS chapters can connect. We always like to talk to our students. So talk a little bit about this year and, you know, your presidency with NOMAS at the Wentworth chapter. I know you talked a lot about just you and I about race. And I want to hear more about like what you guys have been doing.
2: This year, this year is the Different, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of glad that this year came at this specific timing because Nomas, the Wentworth chapter of Nomas, is fairly new. We worked tirelessly to get Nomas to a position where that we actually wanted it to be. Like we, we understood the power of having a collective group mm-hmm. of people that looked like us, yeah. and I don't want to say necessarily looked because one of the big three, Kyle Andrews, is he's not uh by Puck. Yeah. He's not of color, but he's he's a white male, but he's he's queer. Yeah. Having a space where you could be not only like, you know, of color, but you could also be of multiple other communities or experiences and be able to express yourself Absolutely. holistically it's a huge aspect. And we realize that just that space mm-hmm. needs to be there. Hmm. So when we start talking about like this year and everything that's happening with COVID and also what's happening with society Mm -hmm. and how people are being treated and how people have been treated for the entire existence of the american (laughs) history like we we knew that this was our niche it was our job it was our duty it was our like mission and Mm -hmm. our initiative to like make sure that we shed light in the most valuable way as possible but a part of doing that means understanding at least from the point of architecture and design of our role into perpetuating a system that allows all of this to happen. So in the midst of, you know, being online and all this stuff like that, we try to come together as a group and think about like the ways in which we could start addressing these situations online. But yeah. also with everybody in the architecture field. So Zoom is a wonderful platform to like have these conversations on. But then like Zoom can only do so much. You also need to do like a, a whole entire level of diagnostics first. Yeah. In order to have a conversation, you need to have like a, an entry point. So for us, like our first entry point was just surveying how everybody was feeling first and foremost, because at the end of the day, if you don't approach these like conversations about like, you know, social injustice about how to deal with COVID-19, if you don't first approach from a place of like pure like emotions of understanding how people are feeling. Yes. A lot of times like you won't get you can say all the right things. But if you don't don't have that level of emotional compatibility and connection with people, it might just go over their heads. They might yeah. just not even do that. So we have first started doing like studio wide conversations with the sophomores that were in studio because again with the pandemic a lot of us like had lost our internships so we ended up doing like these part-time studio assistant jobs and roles so whoever was a part of nomas who was also a studio ta we went around having these conversations per studio then we had like a town hall and we invited this to current students we invited faculty and also alum and also some professionals to sit down and have a conversation about the course of architecture and how architecture has been influential to these things but also personal experiences both within the architecture realm and then outside of architecture there was one student where in the middle she like she got really emotional because the scheme of her master's thesis project was about caribbean architecture Mm -hmm. and what she said while she was telling us about like the importance of having black professors of architecture was none of the other students was doing a similar project where they were focusing on vernacular architecture of the caribbean and the only people that could understand this was one the professor who was from the caribbean Mm -hmm. and two the other professor who is not caribbean but he's black he's of color he's from nigeria but he has a lot of experience working with housing of this typology
1: Mm -hmm. and that's the perspective yeah
2: the perspective And there's another professor where he does a lot of work in Africa. He could give like advice, but it wasn't the same advice from having like, you know, someone that lived in these types of environments versus someone who who has these intimate experiences Mm -hmm. and knowledges of like the entire system of the neighborhood. Just hearing that like really came up to like understanding like what the importance is overall of experiences And and education and education right?
1: that goes to, you know, what we're taught what we're studying in the programs that do exist and that have existed before. How much has changed? You know, I like I said, I graduated 10 years ago, so I'm sure something has changed. But maybe. it seems <laughs> as though, you know, maybe. But it seems as though, like, from what you're saying is, there there wasn't, there's no study of Caribbean architecture. Who are those architects that we're looking to? Why is that not integrated into, you know, some of the things that we're learning? It could even be, you know, a highlight of a week. Hmm. I think that that's a lot about, you know, that goes to show what comes out of that town hall. I think it's amazing mm-hmm. that you guys had this and were open yeah, and honest so cool. and able to discuss that with everyone, you know, and mm-hmm. not just those who are BIPOC or mm-hmm. who are of color or, of you know, faced some form of adversity. Mm-hmm.
2: I know that there are changes being made. For example, one of the most important things that I always remember is like one of my history and theory classes where the professors made it their goal and their aim to not focus on like architecture that comes from 18th century Europe, mm-hmm. But to get pieces of architecture from East Africa yes. and talk about like the way that capitalism had influenced East African architecture yes, in the way and really get us to understand that like architecture is a result of the social elements of the political elements of all these other aspects and how that influences the way that you lay out your spaces.
1: You started talking a little bit about this and, you know, that got me to thinking about the different pathways into architecture because, you know, you started talking about urbanism and what effects that has on our built environment, and I think that goes to the importance of what you study and what programs are offered within the educational program of architecture, right? Because mm-hmm. you could go off and not actually be an architect <laughs> mm-hmm. you could go off and be like a, re, a research uh, urbanism you know or something like that so mm-hmm. I think that's super interesting like what do you see as an ideal future for yourself I mean I think that's a huge question but You're in this now, and it's such an interesting time to be a student. And I know you spoke about, you know, COVID hit and Wentworth. I know part of the program is that you work, Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that it's tough for a lot of students because they weren't able to get internships and trying to grapple with that. What can you say is would be a good way that we can change the way that we think about architecture and design so that we have better opportunities at different jobs if we can't get an internship at a, say an architecture firm.
2: There's no one answer. You get a multitude of different mm-hmm. answers depending on the person and their experience. So obviously as someone who's a student, my experience of the field of architecture might be too idealistic versus mm-hmm. someone that has had X amount of years within the field. But I think I think one thing that doesn't get expressed enough within architecture schools is that we're learning the fundamentals. Yes, we're learning how to like design technically and the technical aspects mm-hmm. of architecture, but in theory, we're really learning the fundamentals of how to design, period. Yeah, I think at least allowing students to know that even when you're studying architecture, you're getting prepped with the knowledge of how to design in general. So. You can easily transfer into, you know, graphic design, you could easily go into like, you know, um, interior design, if you don't want to do like, you know, larger scale projects, or you want to go down to a smaller scale to more intimate scale, or you could do something larger than that, like planning and urban planning and city planning, you could even go into like something that seems like a design that seems completely um, unrelated, but you could go into like fashion, like Virgil Abloh did that.
0: I, I want to jump in with a question because I, my perspective, I'm not an architect, you're making me think because so often it seems like architecture is kind of put separately from design. Like y- we even talk about it's like oh, architecture and design. In my mind, architecture is a design field, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's been to a detriment to architecture to kind of like push it up. Definitely. Out to yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know the yes. answer. Far, Definitely. Right? Yes. Because now <laughs> to your point, like, you know, because I went to school for industrial design and the messaging even back when i went to school 15 20 years ago was like you can go in any field of design with this education and so to hear you all saying like this needs to change in architecture i'm like yes right it is it's design with a capital d it's not doesn't have to be so focused
2: you as a person you can't identify solely and wholly with one category of you cannot say like i am blank and blank only yeah, yeah. every person has multiple overlaps of one experiences but then identities and then Cultures and all these other things that build who you are as a person. So if you yourself aren't limited to just one tract, road, or form of expression, then why do you consider architecture to be one thing? Why can't you be... I had a a review yesterday. And one of the reviewers said that a benefit of the 21st century designers is we're going back to being collaborative, interdisciplinary, collaborative so where a lot of the, the trend from what i see in urbanism in city design is being more collaborative with people it's all architecture but like you know like landscape architecture exactly. in tandem with architects in tandem with engineers engineers and and graphic designers and-, and graphic every yeah because like we all play a part again design design in general is like for me it's a very broad term i've i think of it's kind of like asking like what is art you know Mm -hmm. so like what is what is art at what point can you say like something is not art i feel like a lot of people would say like art is life so like what is life yeah life is everything you do
1: exactly so i
2: think like design is encapsulating of a lot of things and i think architecture should not be limited only and solely to architecture there's a bunch of people who are architects but also are planners who are also like exactly. furniture designers and industrial designers and all that stuff. So some people don't start think... off
1: that way and Exactly. They, they find different tracks in design. I think that's that's the big message is mm-hmm. architecture isn't just architecture alone. <laughs> it's it's design and it's diversifying design, period. That's the way yeah. that we'll start to reimagine architecture. Mhm. It's always, you know, we used to joke back in the day and probably still now, like architecture is a very hardworking profession and we do it because we love it, not because we're going to get paid for it, because most of the times we're not. And this is speaking now from like experience, (laughs) like (laughs) you're not necessarily getting paid for it. And I wouldn't say it's a profession that you're doing to seek monetary like that part, but you're really doing it because you love the work that you do um, and you're passionate about shaping society and spaces. And I think, you know, what's really exciting that you started to touch upon is like your identity and how that starts to fold into your work Mm -hmm. and your education, because it's all part of our own personal perspective and like what we then put out into the world. So like Mm -hmm. Caribbean architecture, that is super exciting to hear because my parents are from Trinidad. They also immigrated here when they were really young. So Having that story and then you also having that story and then meshing that all together and what creative project could come out of that Mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. So Mm -hmm. I think it's also encouraging our youth and our students and in their education to explore what it means to bring your culture and your lived experiences into your work.
2: One of the focuses of like Wentworth's NOMAS chapter is like focusing on this theme of race. But race is like race is an acronym, but the acronym really breaks down to retention, access, community and education slash experience. All of these things are important, one, to make the field more diverse, but then also, too, like, you need to have, in order to see a more diverse, like, you know, profession, you need to retain the people that's going to diversify this. But then, like, you also need to make sure that these students have access. Access is a multitude of things. So access to the proper resources, educational resources, material resources, access to mentorship, access towards Just like, I don't know, like financial literacy even. exactly, Or even just like access to places and positions and that make them feel like whole and relaxed and and Mm -hmm. mentally stable. And then you need to have like a community behind you. I think a lot of uh, during our process of having these like dialogues and conversations over the summer is is what led us to making sure that we focus on the retention access community and experiences slash education because like we realized by having these events that these are the themes that kept on popping up mm-hmm. especially now in 2020 since we're dealing yeah. with a lot of racial issues but like race is not just like race to cut skin like your skin color but like also the race to graduate the race to doing better the race to love that. self-fulfill yeah. like it's it's just like one word that has a multitude of different meanings a lot of students of color we've real we've realized like They don't stay because they don't feel comfortable. They don't feel seen. They don't feel recognized. Even when they do try to bring in their experiences, a lot of times, like, you know, even still now, like, I'm not going to. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. Black people still are afraid to be black and work in workplaces. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, like having expressions that like are inherently black are still seen as unprofessional. So again, like, what is professionalism? But yes. in school, when you do something, like you need to feel comfortable, and a part of feeling comfortable means you need to have a community that you identify with that supports you. Honestly, like, if I didn't have a community of of other students of color that I could just like go to and like vent about how stressed I am, yeah, I probably would not be. Here, right Right. now, speaking to you guys. Mm -hmm. So, like, we we noticed that was important, but then also experience and education like go hand in hand. So, like, the education needs to reflect the people that they're educating. You know, you can't just say like good design is just design from your, or good design is not just like things that white men have been doing for the past like century or even currently. You know, Mm -hmm. you need to say that this is good design, and good design is from an Asian woman from I don't know california yeah or <laughs> like i don't know like you need to say like this is good design and this good design is also a attached to someone who is queer or who's queer and black or in yeah. having this level of diversity into like who you're teaching also makes whoever is on the other end who's being teached be like okay like i have a viable route into the profession and i can make it into the profession because there's other
0: people doing yeah.
2: that so that yeah. also goes back to the retention that goes into the community that also goes into the access that also goes into experience and education so like you can't talk about like diversity you can't talk about inclusion you can't talk about all these things without talking about
0: everything the bigger picture
1: everything's
2: everything's Mm -hmm. interconnected absolutely
0: Absolutely. oh my gosh i love this conversation i wish we could keep going (laughs) well we are going to do our our, uh collaboration for abx with boss noma that's going to be on december 3rd so i'm sure we'll continue some of these conversations xavier i just love the way you're approaching these things and your insights are so powerful and uh even more than the insights, of the approach you're taking is thank wonderful. You. So thank you. And thank you, Elise, for your great questions. Thank you. So grateful for you both. Listeners, to learn more and follow Xavier and his team's work at Wentworth's Nomos chapter, find them on Instagram at WITnomos. Now it's time for our weekly dose of good design, where each week we share an example of good design that has impacted us or others in some meaningful way. I'll go first. Uh, So I have been slowly upgrading every component of my work from home setup over the last eight months, like just picking different parts. And so I got a new desk and I actually went into Boston and got my chair from my desk at work. Um, yeah, that was a key. I think the building thought I was stealing it, but that's okay. I, I guess I kind of was. So my latest upgrade is my monitor. And so before I was rocking this like pretty standard and fine, like 26 inch flat screen, uh, and it worked. Uh, but I kept reading all this research about how like more screen area actually makes you more productive. So I recently purchased a, a Dell 38 inch ultra wide and it's curved. And it's pretty slick. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's, I think you can actually get to like a fifty-six inch wide. But that, I don't know if my wife would have allowed that. Yeah, um, <laughs> your productivity on would that. be through the roof. <laughs> yeah, be in the computer. <laughs> um, but It's been really cool. So you know, it's it's curved. It's like it takes up your peripheral vision a little bit. And I guess the only way I can describe working on it is like, if you're like looking at a landscape just like outside. Versus like on my other monitor, it felt like I was looking at a landscape through a window, yeah. yep. you know? And so I, I don't know if my proje- productivity has increased, but it does make it easier to do certain tasks when like I can have everything up And now you're just required. excited
1: to go to your desk. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't even like use, well, that's part about being home now too. Is like, I don't even use my laptop screen anymore. It's like, why would I use that? I know. Um, you have this giant screen now. Um, so two other things. So and Ryan, our producer, will appreciate this because window management becomes a problem, right? When you have so much screen space, like how do you keep it all organized? So I started using two pieces of software. Uh, one is called Size Up, uh, which my brother Steve shared with me years ago. And so it has these like keyboard shortcuts and it like moves your windows to be like perfectly aligned. Uh, That goes to my my perfectionist. And then another tool that Ryan uh, shared with me a while back called Mosaic, uh, which allows you to actually pre-design your like perfect window setup and then drag windows into then like almost like tiles basically of a mosaic. I guess that's why they named it that. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, So it keeps things very organized and I love it. So anyway, that's my weekly dose and I'm I'm really geeking out over it. I might need yeah, to Yeah, check upgrade. out Mosaic. I think for <laughs> designers and for architects who like want their windows where they want their windows. Because I'm
1: constantly like moving the edge same. up to the left, to perfectly aligned. Great, I'm good. all into that. <laughs> yeah, so check
0: out Mosaic and you can like go in and design like a grid and that's your screen now. So yes, you if, if you like that, you'll enjoy it. I'll okay. check it out. You're up.
1: All right, so. My weekly dose of design um, is going to be highlighting uh, Ryan Horton. He's probably going to be like, can't believe you just said my name on this podcast. But (laughs) he is uh, the graphic designer for Boss Noma. Um, He's a Boss Noma member. Uh, He actually studied architecture, but his graphic skills are just like, insane um (laughs) and we always tell him he is such an amazing graphic designer and i always love meeting other black artists um and other black creative people so i wanted to highlight him this week because he is really great at graphics i love graphic design um but it is clear that my talents lie <laughs> within space. That's right. <laughs> so it's good to know uh, where you're good and where with, others exactly, are Exactly. I love to work with great graphic designers. And I, I love, I'm not going to lie. I love when I get a good like visual graphic, it mm. just excites me, but I can't do it myself. So shout out to Ryan. Uh, you can see all of his graphic work on our boss Noma website. I mean, it's the website and also any of the graphics that sort of come out of our Instagram Um page and our linkedin accounts that's all him um Wonderful. and he did also design uh our mid collective logo our official oh, logo nice. we actually launched this year um and it was super important for us to have uh you know a bypark artist so we were crazy happy to work with ryan um and he he did our logo for us so awesome. that's my weekly dose of design
0: I love it, people. Check it out. We'll post some links uh, to to that stuff so you can check out his, his graphic design work. So yeah. good. And thank you, Elise, again, for thank being with you, us, sharing your perspective. It's been awesome.
1: Love being here. And I, I absolutely love the work that uh, you and your crew have been doing. Um, I'm always in awe with all <laughs> of the innovative <laughs> uh, events and ideas that you come up with. So I'm excited to see what you guys do next.
0: I appreciate that. That's our show. Thank you again to Elise A. Young and Xavier Fernandez for joining us and for their awesome conversation. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll post links to the resources we discussed on our episode page visit and click on podcast. If you're looking for more information on design and diversity and equity, check out our We Design online exhibition, where you can read about creatives of different backgrounds, talking about their work, talking about their careers. It's, it's really incredible. I know you'll enjoy it. And remember to check out our website and register for our live podcast episode recording event with Boss Noma during ABX, where we'll continue this conversation about architecture and racial equity. That's a live recording and it's all happening on Zoom, December 3rd. And lastly, grab your tickets for our Workplace Innovation Summit. Five days of talks, workshops, demonstrations, and networking with other workplace innovators. Tickets are available now. The summit is December 7th through 11th. Visit workplaceinnovation.org for tickets. And as always, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at design underscore museum. And on Instagram, we're at designmuseumeverywhere. Plus we're on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. This episode was conceived as a collaboration between Design Museum Everywhere in the Boston chapter of the National Organization for Minority Architects. It was written by me, Sam Aquilano. we produced by Ryan Flom and we edited by Amanda Martinez. Our theme music is Orange Sunset by One Wave. For the whole team here at Design Museum Everywhere, thank you to the Boston chapter and thank you all for listening. And we'll talk again next week.